Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the It's Just Dinner podcast. I'm your host, Tom Robinson, and here with me always, my co-host and best friend in the world, Bob Walls. Thank you, Tom. It's great to be here. Beautiful day here in Provo, a little cold outside, but nice and sunny. It's gorgeous outside. And this is the second time we've actually been recorded here yes. on YouTube. So we're, we're, We've now moved to video. Yeah, here. and to thank you all on YouTube for watching us, and it's exciting to have this recorded, and we hope you're enjoying the, the visuals that come with this. Yes. But Tom and I are a lot younger than we look we, on this. We are. We probably look like senior citizens, but we're not. We're, we're not just, that old. We just This is what happens to you when you work at the university. It makes you old before your time. <laughs> so, Bob, I brought in a special guest today. Oh, you did. I noticed that. Yeah, I found uh, this wonderful article um, in the Daily Universe, and yes. it was written by a young woman named Cassidy Wixom. Welcome, Cassidy. And Cassidy, Cassidy is actually a journalist. Yes, I am. You I are. Work and at you, the Daily Universe. You yes. wrote this. You wrote this amazing article that uh, that you uh, well you you quoted me in it, so it has to be pretty good. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, and it's called. It's here's an interesting title, and I want you to listen to this, Bob. It says okay. the pressures of marriage end some relationships before they even begin. Ooh, wow. Yeah. That is provocative. And so I thought, I thought, wow, with somebody that writes an article like that, we need to bring her in and talk to her about this because he, I think she, she has is. some interesting insights. Yes, that's so, great. So tell me, what do you mean by that the relationships end before they even have a chance to begin? Well, I feel like a lot of people think that if they start dating someone, it has to end in marriage, and there's such that pressure that if you don't think it could end in marriage, then why even date them? And so a lot of times if there's someone you just barely met and you immediately make some assumptions that like, oh, I don't think I could ever date them, then that potential for a relationship, whether it's platonic or romantic, is just shut off because you're immediately like, no, I don't want to date them because I don't want to marry them. And we make too many of these fast assumptions before we even get to know people. And I just feel like there's such that pressure to get married, to get married that we forget that we can just start building relationships before even worrying about marriage. Yeah, and that, that's what this uh, this podcast has been about, and it's kind of been my whole thing about it. It's just dinner. is about that very thing, mm -hmm. is that we stop this thing about dating and making it fun and making it interesting and making it being about getting to know people, and it has become just about getting married. And that's what I think that you you found and what you're talking about. Now, now, it's interesting, your observations. I, I mean, like Tom and I said, with many, many years, we've been trying to look at this. Uh, have you developed this over time by observation, or, or did you come to understand or this? Experience. By, <laughs> experience or experience? You or know, how did you come to uh, have these ideas, these opinions that you expressed in, in your article? Yeah, so I feel like everyone always has those um, beginning perceptions of what Provo is going to be before they even get here. I mean, my older sisters went here and neither of them got married and my uncles would always make jokes that they didn't get married in Provo. Mm -hmm. They didn't get their MRS degree while at BYU. And so you go into Provo thinking, oh, it's a possibility you could get married by spring. Everyone does it. That's just how Provo is. Mm -hmm. And so I, as a freshman, I obviously did not want to get married right away. And so I didn't put that pressure on myself when I like started dating people. But there are so many people who do just put that pressure on themselves. They're like, I'm here at BYU. This is the best place to meet people of like the same faith. It's like so many people are here in the same spot. Like this is the best chances I have to find a eternal companion. And so they put so much pressure on trying to find that. And they almost put so much pressure on it that they forget to just enjoy meeting people. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's been, I've always kind of had these ideas, but being in Provo for the last four years has definitely 
solidified these ideas and I just get kind of really annoyed by like friends or <laughs> people in my ward or people who treat marriage in this way here rather than treating it as something that's good that we can get to but they just put so much pressure on it happening right away. Here's something you said in your article. It said that dates are only considered successful if you have a ring on your finger. And then individual self-esteem gets slashed because of that. I mean, that's kind of scary to think that I didn't get married while I was at BYU, so I'm worthless. Yeah. And I, I have no self-esteem now because of that. Um, you, have you seen that happening? I have. I mean, like I said, my sisters are both older and they didn't get married while here. And a lot of they have struggled a little bit with feeling like they weren't good enough to find a spouse while they were here when I think they're like the best people on earth. <laughs> and so, and then there's plenty of other people who aren't just in my family that I know from like other wards or like my friends, friends or whatever, that they're amazing people, but they just didn't have that opportunity to find their spouse here. But because they didn't have that, they're almost considered unsuccessful. And it's very prevalent in just the LDS culture. Like you go to family thanksgiving you go to christmas dinner and everyone's like oh are you dating someone like uh, oh what's happening mm -hmm. like oh like what's going on in your life and it's always especially if you're a girl it's always oh are you dating someone that's like the first question right. whereas usually with guys they're like oh like what are you studying what are your job opportunities and stuff that's interesting and mm -hmm. so that's another little um nuance of it that's kind of hard that i struggle with is because i'm like well, I'm very successful in my classes right now. I'm doing well. I have a nice job. And so I'm excited about that. But then the first thing my aunts and uncles care about is if I'm dating someone. And if I'm not, then I'm almost like, wow, am I not worth it just because I don't have a boyfriend or I'm not engaged yet? And that's dangerous. Yeah, you, you've kind of given me a little aha moment here because uh, we're talking about a cultural situation. It's hard to change culture. And, and so we do have that culture. You know, I realize that when you get together at family parties and things, you're looking for things to talk about. And, and so you say, well, are you dating anyone? You're not really thinking mm -hmm. that you're putting pressure on them. You're just thinking of something to say. But it wasn't too many years ago that with our, our boys, we would say, you're so strong and you're so smart. And with our girls, we'd say, you're so pretty. And, and so we, as a society, we have changed mm -hmm. from that. And, and now we tell our girls, you're strong and you're smart. You know, because we, we culturally, we are kind of forcing girls into only looking at themselves as in their looks by the things they said. So it kind of sounds like part of the solution here is that we as a culture need to change the way that we word things in our family activities yeah. instead of instead of always be saying, well, you didn't get your MRS degree or, you, <laughs> you know, when, when really that's quite insulting mm -hmm. to, to say to someone, and I, I think unintended, I'm, I'm not calling your uncles out here because they might be bigger than me, <laughs> but, but, but uh, it, it's an unintended consequence of us just trying to think of something to say. Mm -hmm. But, but you know, I make a conscience effort with all my granddaughters to say, you're so strong and you're so smart because I don't want them to be channeled into that. So do you think it's possible for us to change the culture of how we, in, we, in, we instill fear in people that if they don't adhere to these things that they're not successful? Yeah, I think it's definitely starting to change. It's not as bad as it was, like even comparing, so my sister is 10 years older than me and it has changed a little bit. Whereas with, with me, a lot of my uncles do ask me more about my, like what I'm doing with my job, what I'm doing with school. And so it is changing over right. the years. And I think it's just as we bring it up and talk about it and be like, hey, like, I know you're not trying to 
belittle me by just asking about my dating life, but <laughs> it is getting better as we realize there's more to girls than just dating. Mm-hmm. And like my sisters both got degrees and that's great. They have, they're very smart people. They have, one has a master's degree and one has her bachelor's and is about to get her master's degree. Mm-hmm. And so they are very successful in their jobs and stuff. And as it's changing and as like people start, um, just believing that or changing the way they think and the way they talk about it, it is getting better and um, in that way, like you're talking about. I'll give, about. You, an, give mm-hmm. me an example. Um, several years ago, my daughter was a senior here at BYU. And we went, went over to the bookstore to get her books, and we were standing in line. And there was a young man standing behind uh, her, and he started talking to her. And so he started asking her major and what she's doing. And he said, well, what year in school are you? And she, he, she said, I'm a senior. And the very first thing that he says to her is, and you're not married yet? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and so she looked at me, and she had this really angry look on her face, and she <laughs> said, I hate when people do that. Um, and so I, I agree. I think it is a problem. And I think that that's where the self-esteem problems comes in yeah. because it's so set up for the young women here that if you're not married, you're a failure. Mm-hmm. And if you're not dating, you're a failure. Um, and I think one of the things that you mentioned in your article was that you get a lot of that pressure from your friends and your roommates that – you know, you date someone, even go on a second date, and then everybody's like, oh, he's so, you're so cute together, and mm-hmm. are you guys going to be a couple, and when are you going to get engaged, right? Did that, that yeah. happens? There's also the, always the, you guys would have such cute kids together, and it's like, <laughs> whoa, I haven't even kissed this man yet. <laughs> yeah, so and you, you're just like, and okay. You're, you're already talking about what our kids are going to be yeah. and what Lauren, their names are. Lauren, you know? do you see that happening too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I, I think sometimes too it's like because people talk about it so much, those are often the thoughts that I first have when I date somebody mm-hmm. or like like go on a date with somebody and it's like, oh, like, you know, maybe we would have cute kids or like maybe, <laughs> you know, and like, but it's just like, I, you know, I, I don't even know this person yet. And yet this is where the train of thought has led because that's where our uh, society has trained right. us. Yeah, right. for sure. It's kind of channeled it in that direction. Yeah, like I, I'll start dating someone and then like a few weeks in, I'm like, okay, like how much do I like this person? And I'm like, okay, I've only been dating them for three weeks. But yeah. those first... Relax, like, relax. Like those first few thoughts do pop into my head. I'm like, okay, like could I see this going further? Like, and my friends will be like, oh, would you, you guys would have cute kids. And I'm like, you know, we would. And so then it's like, you start thinking so far ahead that you almost forget to just enjoy the relationship where you right, are right. and build it up where so it is. So important. And, like, I've had times where I dated one person for six months, and there's people who started dating after he and I did and got, like, engaged or married before, like, while he and I were still dating. We hadn't even (laughs) talked about marriage. So it was, like, but then it was, like, everyone's getting married, and I'm, like, oh, my gosh, like, do I need to start talking about that with him? Like, is that something I need to be talking about? And then it, like, almost self-sabotages your relationships because then you you start worrying about it. Are the young women thinking, what's wrong with me? I'm not getting married. I'm not being asked out. I, you know, what's wrong with me? For sure. There's a ton of that. Like my, I have one friend who, um, she always is like, what's wrong with me? No one's asking me on dates. And she's like, I haven't had a boyfriend in like two years. Like what's wrong with me? Yeah, that's so scary. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just, it's not your time yet. But then it's hard to convince yourself because we put so much of our self-worth in what other people think of us. Right. And so if no one's asking us on dates, then we're like, oh, we must not be pretty enough. We must not be cool enough. We must not be funny enough for them to like be asking us on dates. And you start like internalizing that and it's not a good place to be. And the scary part is that turns into depression. Mm-hmm. And then the girls go into their apartments and they hide and they, they you know, get very serious 
uh, cases of depression, and it's very difficult for them to come out of that. Yeah. And, and the other side, you know, with the young men, when you think of the pressure, too, on them, that they are carrying the burden of their mission president, in many cases, saying, your next step in life is to find your eternal companion. <laughs> so, so they feel like they have a directive from God to go out and find a wife. Yeah. You, you know, and so there's a lot of pressure on both sides. And they, if they're not married when they leave here, they, they also feel like they have mm-hmm. failed in some degree. A- and so somehow we've got to change our culture. It's, it's our religion, you know, puts a big emphasis on eternal marriage and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and which finding, is good. which, which yeah. is good. <laughs> Those are all good things. But it's the culture that, that creates the, the problem that, re- that results into the anxiety and the fear mm-hmm. that we have a, a, along that line. But I think sometimes, unintendedly, our church leaders say things that uh, instill fear in people and propagate this kind of cultural uh, uh, problem that we have. And you mentioned that a bit in your article, that sometimes bishops say things th- that, uh, that make you feel like you're a failure if you're not married. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's your observation with that? I feel like there was one of my awards that I've had. It was like every fifth Sunday when there wasn't like certified talk or designated talks that day, one of the bishopric would go up and like it was always the bishop's wife or the wife would talk and then he would talk and they would always talk about how they met and their eternal marriage and how great it is to be married. And like sometimes it was in a way that it was good. They were like, oh, I'm excited. But then other ways you're just like, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Like, I'm, I just feel like I'm not, not doing enough. Like, I haven't found my person. Like, I feel like I'm spiritually there, but like, I can't find them. And then it's just like a hard place where some people just take that and then just feel like they well, are that failure. And that's where that depression comes in. Yeah. And those feelings of uh, not being worthy or not being, you know, a, someone able to, to love you or take care of you. Yeah. Now, one of the other things you mentioned in here that I was quite interested in and quite worried about is the fact that some people, they look at someone and they think, oh, well, I really don't think I would be in a relationship with that person, so I'm not even going to ask them out. I'm just going to just hide and not ask them out. I mean, you, that's obviously something you've observed. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely people just make those like fast, quick judgments when they meet people. And it's crazy to think, like some people are always like, well, how do you know you can marry them after meeting them for two months? But on the opposite side, it's like, well, how do you know you're not going to marry someone after meeting them for five minutes? <laughs> and so too often we're like always thinking of that future. And like if they say one wrong thing, we're immediately like, oh, no, like red flag. We're not going to do that. Like mm-hmm. or it's like one little thing that you don't even know them yet still. But they you don't like what they're studying or you don't like one part of their like hobbies or something like that. There's little things that people just immediately make judgments on and then be like, I don't think this could go anywhere further. So. I'm not ever going to go on a date with them when who knows if you went on a date with them, you could find out you're actually like perfectly fit together and it works out well, or they could be one of your best friends or something like that. But we just push the dates away because we're too scared that right. it's not going to work out. Oh, and we, we talk about this all the time is that you don't know if you like someone until you get to know someone. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing that, that we've been talking about, Bob, is that you, we have, these young people have to take time to get to know someone. And that's what's been eliminated from kind of our culture. It's like you go from that first date to marriage. And there's none of that kind of getting to know people. The, the joy um, of getting to know people has been kind of, you know, all the other people that you don't marry become very valuable to you in your life mm-hmm. because they become friends. And, and we've kind of decided to just skip that part because there's no reason to make friends with people. 
because you're, yeah. you're not going to marry them. Why even get to know them? It's, and it's unfortunate. Now, you, you took your opinions here and you uh, articulated them very well, and then you published them. What, what kind of <laughs> response have you gotten back uh, from this article? Um, on So we always publish our articles on Facebook, and people always share their opinions there. <laughs> yes, they and do. And there was some people who, like, were very agreeable. They were like, yeah, this is great. I love your thoughts. Like, this is very similar to my experience. Um, but there was a lot of other people who are actually more in the older range, like uh, at least like at least above 50, so not my age. And they all were like, oh, but like marriage is so good. You should be dating to marry. Like that should be what you're doing. Like your goal should be getting married. And I was like, well, my, that's, I'm not saying that isn't my goal. Like mm-hmm. my goal is still to get married. I'd love to have a family, get married in the temple. But the way we're thinking about how to achieve that goal needs to change. And so it was just funny that people after reading it still were like, no, you're wrong. They, they, and they just we didn't need get to, it. Right. Yeah. So it was, it was a mixed results. There was definitely well, uh, some people. Well, old people like us, we just barely learned how to use Facebook. So, <laughs> so give us a break here. You know. No, no, no. But I think what you're saying is what we have seen, and that is the people in our generation view this differently. And I think that's what needs to change because we've been the kind of the ones who've been causing this pressure and causing these kind of social problems that have resulted in this. Mm-hmm. And again, we apologize to you in behalf <laughs> of all the parents and church leaders isn't it, worldwide. Isn't it interesting that she said the older people that commented on the article are the ones that are disagreeing with what she said? Yeah. Because I think we've identified us as the problem. <laughs> right. And I think that really you know, tells exactly what we've been saying mm-hmm. is that that's what kind of the older generation, our generation right. has been thinking about this whole thing. Yeah. So, so if there's any uh, people over 50 who are listening to this, um, <laughs> just stop. Lighten just, up. Just stop. <laughs> uh, if if you, there's no people over 50 listening to this, go tell your parents uh, that Tom Robinson said, just stop. <laughs> just and stop. don't ask your, your nieces about right. the MRS degree. No, don't. That, that's I came to BYU for a bachelor's for degree. For a bachelor's that's degree right. and to have fun. And get a master's. Get to know yes. lots of people. <laughs> now, Bob, I, I, this made me think of something. And you and I, years ago, sat in a training meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were in the stake presidency. I was a bishop. And I remember a couple of the speakers in that training meeting said something to the effect of, we have a problem. The young people in our church don't want to get married anymore. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. And we, you and I, I remember you and I kind of looked at mm-hmm. each other because we've been doing this. It's just, yeah. it's just dinner thing for a while, and we're like, "That's not true." Yeah. And I think Cassidy just said that. It's like, yeah, we do want to get married, right? I mean, it's yeah, it's like, yeah, have date and have fun. It's like it's not about getting married. And I think I wanted to stand up in that meeting, kind of wave my hands and go, "No, no, uh-huh. no, that's not true." Well, and, and the problem with that is it's a false assumption that then leads you to try to find false solutions mm-hmm. to, to the problem. And really the problem is cultural that we need to just stop, you know, putting pressure on people. But when you look at it that way and say that the young single adults don't want to get married anymore, that makes it sound like they're all apostates, that right. they don't agree right. with the temple or they don't believe in God's plan for happiness. And so that leads you down a road that's just not true. Mm-hmm. And so... I think that was our frustration in that Very meeting, and, yeah. and I'm glad we didn't stand up and wave our arms. <laughs> Me too. We might not be sitting here. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> we might not. Yeah, I think so. a lot of the issue is not that we don't want to get married, but people are scared to get married because it is such a big decision, yeah. and they feel it like they it have is a to, big decision. I mean, it's a big decision, but they feel like they have to find the absolute perfect person. Right. But none of us are perfect. You just no. have to find someone that you're able to be with, and so so many people are so scared to get married that then. 
they just don't even date in general. I remember like, my daughter said one time, people always tell me I'm too picky. And she yeah. goes, shouldn't I be picky for the most <laughs> important decision of my life? Well, it's, it's like you're going to marry this person for eternity. Quick, quick, quick. You know, <laughs> make the decision right now. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> before before the end of the semester. You're gonna, you know, this is an eternal relationship, but you've got to d- make this decision right now. You know. So, Cassidy, let's talk about some solutions. Um, especially, let's talk about how the young women, I think, get into that kind of depression mode. How, do, how can we fix that? How can we tell people that are listening right now, how do we fix all this? Yeah, it's it's a hard place to be because it's like you want to still talk about the importance of marriage, but then I think just the general way we talk about it is making sure that it's not the only reason to be successful. Like you can start being successful and make like prepare yourself and be able to grow yourself and develop different like skills that you have and hopefully marriage will come along with that. But if marriage doesn't come along, that can't be the only reason that you are successful. And a lot of it starts with even just like young woman lessons. I've had so many young woman lessons about eternal marriages and about making relationships and stuff. But then they were like, but don't go date anybody right now. Yeah. Like you can't go date anyone right now. Like if you kiss a boy, like you have to go talk to the bishop basically. Like not really, but like that's how it felt. Like there was just such this like you have to get married, but then you can't date yet. And so it was just weird because you couldn't, start developing how to be in a relationship or be able to date someone or have fun and have fun in that way because there's such the stigma against it and then you get to college and you're like hey i know how important marriage is and if i'm a successful dedicated um disciple then i will be married and i'll start having a family and i'll be able to have all those covenants made but if you don't make it then it's just like a hard place to be in so i think part of it even just starts with saying that like you have worth even if you don't get married and you are successful and you can still be a wonderful disciple and a wonderful member of the church even if you don't ever get married. Right. Because there's definitely some people who live their whole life and they don't get married and that their marriage might not happen until the next life. But we don't know what our plans are going to be. No, we don't. And so just making sure that everybody knows that they still are able to be successful and wonderful and loved by God even if they don't get married. One of the things you quoted me in here was that I say that um, – Dating is a happy consequence of going out to dinner. Mm-hmm. And marriage is a happy consequence of dating. And I, we don't have an equation. And I can't say A plus B equals C. It just is impossible. And the only thing that you have to do is just keep doing it. And keep having fun and keep meeting more people. So I think that's really important. And I think that if there are young women who are finding themselves kind of going into that depression hole, that the only way to pull yourself out of that is to start asking young men to go out to dinner. And mm-hmm. just talk and get to know them and to take that pressure of, of getting married, you know, off of yourself. And remember that really why we're here is just to meet other people here, here at BYU, to meet other people and to have fun. Um, and then somehow it kind of all works its way out. So mm-hmm. um, I also, what do we do about this thing about, um, you know, I may not date because I don't see her as someone that I want to be in a eternal relationship with how do we fix that do you think and that's on both sides the males and the females yeah i think honestly it's hard because i like i always will just say yes to a date even if i'm not sure if it'll be go well or not um and i feel like it's just like one date is always good and even if it goes horribly then it's like okay well at least you know right and like you don't have to go on a second date and 
um, just going on those first dates to see, even if then you just end up turning it into a friendship or just an acquaintanceship. Like I've gone on dates with people in my ward and then never really hung out with them again, but I see them at church and I'll wave at them and say hi and ask how they're doing. And that's so I smart. Think that's all you really have to do. And there shouldn't have to be that pressure of we went on a date. Like now we have to figure out if we're going to start dating. Yeah, now we have to define the relationship like, now. We've been yeah. on one date like for an hour. It's like you've been on one date. You can just hang out and be friends. And then if you both do want to go on another date, you can. But I think part of it just starts with going on more dates that are casual and don't have such high stakes attached to them. Right. Now, now do you think that part of our LDS culture also is that sometimes we're very fastidious on rule-keeping and and making sure that we're in the covenant path and we're going along this direction. And socially, we've decided that anything outside of the covenant path, we need to eliminate. And, and so dating for fun, some people think, <laughs> is a waste of your time mm-hmm. because it's not leading you to that covenant path. But there's a lot of things we do going to sporting events. We do a lot of things that are recreational things that are good and beneficial. But for some reason, w- w- when we take relationships we have really made those that they have to be progressing towards some ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how we, we, it wasn't that way when Dr. Robinson and I and, and Brigham Young were students here. <laughs> um, you know, dating was just a fun thing that you did. And, and, and I don't know quite how, why it changed. I think our generation probably is to, is to blame for that. But how do we how do we revert that? How do we get people to do what you're talking about here to not eliminate the relationship before it even begins? Yeah, I think a lot of that is just kind of getting rid of the dating to marry ideology because it's like, obviously you are dating to get married. That's mm-hmm. prevalent in most everybody. But also just dating to get to know people and dating to get to make relationships and friendships and build your network of people that you know and that you love and care for. I think is really what we should be focusing on rather than just saying like, I'm only going to go on dates with people that I think I could marry. Because if you haven't been dating them, how do you know if you right, can marry right. them or it's, not? It's impossible. It's impossible to know. And that's such pressure to put on yourself, figuring out when you just barely met them. And so instead, just like relaxing a little bit and mm-hmm. starting to just go on those dates and reach out to more people and get to know more people without being like, okay, hey, I have to either date them or break up with them. And that even happens with like, you might be dating someone for like a month and you're officially dating, but then it's like, okay, we've been dating for a month. Now I got to figure out when it's like, it's still only been a month. You can still date someone yeah, relax. and end up breaking up with them. And that's fine. It still helped you grow as a person and helped you develop who you're supposed to be. And it'll eventually help lead you to who you're supposed to be with anyways. Right. So I feel like just that shift of perspective where even if you do date someone and it's going to break, like it's not going to end in marriage, that's okay. Cause it's still eventually leading you to where you're supposed to be. And so shifting that perspective of I can only date the one person I'm going to marry to I will date around and see who see what I like and what works with me. And if I end up dating someone and breaks up, that's okay because I'm still eventually going to get there. Wow. She's very smart. She is. I'm, I'm, you know, if we could just clone her, I think. We <laughs> I think I love it. I love what you write here at the end of this article. It says, I suggest Provo learns to ask others on dates more and pressure each other less. That is yeah. that is so <laughs> smart. We might steal I, that. We might I, use that as wait, our tagline. It might okay. be. It might be our <laughs> tagline from now on. Do we have? <laughs> we, do we have to pay her a copyright? Well, I don't know. Can every we, time we, can say we just that, use that? I'll, I'll to, give you permission. We have Thank to give you. her a nickel every time we say <laughs> that line. Well, this has been really fun. Yeah, yeah. you are. You are a very wise young woman. She is. And, yes. uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed your article. I encourage others to go onto the universe 
the Daily Universe website and to uh, read your article in full and because I think the things you say are really smart and I think that it will really help a lot of the young people here at BYU. Um, thank you so much for yeah. coming on our great podcast. Yeah, it was super fun. Thanks yes. for having me. So maybe uh-huh. we'll have you back after you have a few more experiences you can share with us. All Sounds right. good. Come <laughs> back anytime you'd like. Come and let us know. So, Bob, thanks for being here. It's my pleasure, as always. What, so, what fun. Thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. And hey, just go out there and have fun, would you? Yeah.